How much emotion do you put behind money? When you interact with money, when you earn money, when you pay money, how much emotion and meaning are you putting behind that? And so how do you think about money? Is this, is it some uh, inanimate object that we have some or we don't have some? Is it this thing with all this meaning and purpose behind it that we need to have this strong opinion about? On today's episode, we'll unpack how I think about money and how I think that can really serve you and your business as well. I'll see you there. Want to know what it really takes to build a thriving, profitable business from the ground up? Hey, I'm your host, Cody Birch, and this is the Cody Builds a Business Podcast, your unfiltered front row seat to watching me build a seven-figure online business from scratch or die trying. Let's get started. Hey, what's up? Cody Birch here. Welcome to episode 302 of the Cody Builds a Business Podcast. I hope you had a great weekend. And if I played my cards right, I am currently camping in the mountains in Colorado. And I recorded this early. Usually I record these episodes the day before or the night before, or in some cases the morning of, but I gave myself a few days of padding so we could enjoy a few days away from the hustle and bustle of running an online business. So I hope your week is off to a fantastic start. And I wanted to talk to you today about money. Now, Recently, I bought a truck. I bought a pickup truck. I'm from Texas. I think people think that I drive this big truck. But for the last few years, I've driven sports sedans, which I like. They're, they're small. They get good gas mileage. They're fast. They handle well. They're sporty. And they're really fun. But they don't have a lot of room. And as part of our decision-making process as school shut down and the world shut down, is we wanted to get a camper. We wanted to get an RV. And we decided to get the, a travel trailer, right? That was one of the first decisions is, do we get the one that you can drive or do you get the one that you tow? And of course my sports sedan would not tow anything. So I had to trade it in and I got this big old truck and it's awesome. It's amazing. I love it. If you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, it's it's just so cool. I love having a truck and it's been a lot of fun for me. And now we got a trailer as well. So we're, uh, as I said, if, if I time this right, you're listening to this while I'm in my truck and in my camper, hanging out in the mountains with my kids, having a lot of fun. And I had to do something recently. I had to get my tags, my license plate uh, for my truck. And I did it a couple of days ago. And I went in and it's a new truck. So I wanted to uh, humble brag for a minute. I've never had a new vehicle. We did right when we got out of college, my wife and I made a big mistake. We got a car, a brand new vehicle that the payment was more than our rent on our apartment. And we realized about six months later, we can't afford this. We're crazy. We had to sell that and get something more reasonable. But since then, for the last you know 20 years, I haven't had a brand new vehicle, which meant that it was pretty expensive. It was the most expensive vehicle we've ever purchased before. And so I had to go get tags, right? So it's, it's heavy which apparently in Colorado, you have to pay some sort of fee, you know, road wear fee if your vehicle's heavier than a, than a little tiny car, and you have to pay more if it's brand new. So I kind of knew this. I was kind of bracing for me picking up tags and it being expensive. So I went to the DMV. It was a really busy week last week. I sat in line. You have to make appointments now because of COVID. And so I made an appointment, which I thought would mean it would not take that long, but it still took right about an hour. Like it took about 70 minutes to get my tags. And as I got to the very end of the process, I was sitting down with this woman. Her name was Amanda. She was really nice and polite. And she looked at me when it was ready to tell me how much I was about to owe. And she got all emotional. She was, she started to like, she went like this. Oh, are you, are you ready? It's, it's uh Oh, this is a big number. Oh my gosh. Are you ready? And I looked at her like, is it, is it negotiable? Like if I say I'm not ready, will you cut the number in half? Like, how does this work? I'm assuming you've got some number on your screen. You tell it to me. I don't get a vote in the process. 
and I have to write you a check. Like that's how I think this is about to go. But she was assigning all this emotion behind this big number she saw on her screen. And it, I, I was thinking, is this going to be $10,000? Like what's the number? Like what, what could this possibly be where she's taking so much time? And she said, are, are you military? I said, no. And she said, have you ever been military? And I said, no. And she's like, okay, uh, I'll get ready. Get ready. It's a big number. Oh. And she was so nervous and it made me kind of nervous. And I thought, lady, just tell me the number. Like, what's going on here? How big could it possibly be? And she told me the number and it was it was fine. Maybe you're wondering, well, what was the number? Was it 10,000? No, it was $1,100 and some change. Now, usually it's like 300 bucks. So for me, yes, like that was like, okay, that's the biggest number I've ever seen by double. I've never paid that much at the DMV to get, like to register a new vehicle. And so it was a big number and I'm not bragging like, well, I was so rich. I, you know, I, I lose a thousand dollars a day or spend a thousand dollars a day on Facebook ads, or I've got more than a thousand dollars in the couch cushions. Like, no, I don't. And that was, you know, that was, I, I just knew it was going to be expensive. I just, that was my, my point. I, not that I could easily afford it or couldn't afford it, but we wrote the check and gave it to her and we're on about our day. But it made me think about this, about how much meaning and emotion we can put behind money. Like what if she got all excited and then I got all excited and I was like, oh my gosh, like when she said it was $1,100, what if I just, you know, jumped over the glass plate and high-fived her or put her in a headlock or yelled to every other person there that it was $1,100 and then the police officer had to drag me out and tase me. Like there was... I don't know what she was expecting. I don't, I don't know what she was expecting. I'm assuming when you're an employee at a DMV, no disrespect, it's an important job, but maybe, I don't know what people that work at the Department of Motor Vehicles make, but there's a chance that 1100 bucks was a significant chunk of whatever their salary is. But I would think too, like you work at the DMV, like I, I didn't bring in a Lamborghini and pay five grand. Like, I don't know. I just thought the whole thing was very enlightening. And that's what I wanted to talk with you about today. How do you perceive money? Because when I heard that it was $1,100, I wrote the check and I gave it to her. Then I'm on a, I'm, I'm, I'm out the door, right? And as business owners or entrepreneurs, I can now go think like, and honestly, that day, I bet I made like 650 bucks profit. So it might, for me, I was like, well, that, I had a good day today. So like, I don't really mind the $1,000. And if I did mind it, I can just go create more value for people and make more offers and then sell them some stuff. And then it's a no brainer. So even if she had said it was 10,000, I still would have had to pay the 10,000. Then I need to go create $10,000 of problems that I can solve. I don't go create the problem, sorry. I create the solutions for people that have the problem and I charge them money for it. And then I make the money back and then I am back in the black, if that makes sense. That's how I perceive money. And I'm not totally shocked that I have a different perspective and outlook on finances, not even finances, but like the idea of money, which to me is for the most part, this inanimate object. I don't keep a lot of it on me. I keep enough to pay the, the neighbor kid that mows my lawn 20 bucks every week or whatever, but everything else is just digital. Like I don't, I don't come home with my piles of cash or piles of gold and have to watch the pile go down. It, there's money that comes in. There's money that comes out. It's like, it's this conduit for us to be able to live our lives and and have fun and, you know, buy campers and help people and invest in coaching programs and run our businesses and things like that. So I don't really have the magical answer for you on how you should perceive money, but I used to perceive money back when I was an employee, you have that employee mindset and go, well, it's kind of fixed. Like I'm going to make whatever five grand this month, whether I do a really good job or really bad job, my number is 5,000. So if I owe somebody a thousand, now I've got to find a way to live off of the 4,000 because that's not enough money coming in. I got, and I just didn't really have the right mindset around it. And I would get so stressed about finances 
And to be clear, like not a lot has changed in our actual finances. It's not, again, I don't have a garage full of $100 bills on pallets, you know, that I just use to live our lives. But a lot has changed about our mindset around finances. That when you see it as a way to, uh, as a way to operate in the world for sure. But if you see it as a, I see it really as a problem and a solution. So if somebody has a problem and I can help them fix that problem, and the more interesting that problem is that I can help them fix, the more money I make, then that's just how I see stuff. The most expensive thing I've ever sold, I've only sold it once. I sold a $96,000 kind of coaching implementation marketing program. It was over a year. So it was $7,500 a month paid every two weeks. So every two weeks they would wire me $3,750. And I put it there. I put that program there as an anchor to say, well, you can pay me a thousand a month or 3000 a month or 7,500 a month. And I just, it was a nice anchor where I thought nobody will buy that. They'll just, I'll, I'll use that to anchor that it can be really expensive. And then the 3000 seems like a no brainer. Okay. And then one person like within six months of me having that offer, one guy was like, well, that's obviously the level of support that I need. Well, what's cool is he paid me 7,500 a month, but within the first two months, we launched a program that was generating about $35,000, I believe, in his business in recurring revenue. Isn't that interesting, right? So you look at the 7,500, maybe you heard that and went, gosh, that's crazy. Like, how, how could you charge somebody 7,500 a month? Well, it's pretty easy. I helped him generate 35,000 a month. And so it seemed like a steal. Right. And I've invested in coaching programs. The most expensive coaching uh, relationship I've ever had was $50,000. Right. It's 2000 a month for 12 months. And then there was some kind of like commission payout as they helped me launch this new product. And then I'm currently spending two or 3000 bucks a month on coaching and masterminds and programs there. And if that sounds expensive, then okay. It might sound really cheap to you. Might be like two grand. I'm, I spend 20 grand a month on coaching. I doubt that's a lot of you, but maybe there's people out there. That's okay. But it's all about perspective and how you see that. So I look at a $2,000 a month coach I could hire and go, well, if they can help me get clarity and launch a product that's going to make at least 2000 bucks a month or make or take my recurring revenue and increase it by $2,000 a month or have a better strategy and help me increase my sales or profits by 2K a month or help me decrease my expenses by 2K a month, like that, that's just how I look at it. So I don't like wantonly, randomly go around investing in stuff and buying stuff. But as I look at it and go, well, I get that much value out of that product or course or relationship or whatever. So just a quick rundown of other things I've bought recently that don't involve campers and huge pickup trucks. I bought a virtual event ticket that'll learn help me learn how to launch better. And from a guy I really admire in the launch space, he launches stuff really, really well. And that's in November and the ticket was like 150 bucks. And I thought, well, will I at least get $150 of value out of that event? Like, absolutely. Absolutely. If that helps me make one more sale, that event was worth it, if that makes sense. I've also bought two tiny products recently. Tiny products are typically under 50 bucks. One was how to do challenges from a guy who's really, really good at challenges. And his thing was 37 bucks. That was a no brainer. I learned how he does challenges. I binge watched his entire course in about an hour. And I'm definitely $37 smarter. I know how to make more money with challenges. And then last week or two weeks ago, I bought a $37 workshop, live workshop. 
on how to do live workshops and thought that sounds really fun. I've always kind of wanted to know how to do that. I do these one day virtual events or these three day in-person events or these free webinars, but somewhere in there, there's a sweet spot of what if we could do paid workshops. So I'll be launching my first paid workshop really soon. I paid $37. I bought all of his upsells too. So I bet I'm in for like 150, but there's a chance that strategy will help me make far more than 150, probably more like by several orders of magnitude. Like I would think that learning that strategy would would be very great. So I guess the downside is if you keep buying stuff and you never implement, then that's not great. You're just kind of wasting money, spinning your wheels, collecting more information. And so there's just in time learning and just in case learning that mini workshop course was just in time. I'm gonna do that anyways. And then I saw that this guy has an offer. I'm like, this is perfect. I'm for sure going to do this probably, you know, in a couple of days, once I get back from the camping trip. So Anyways, that's my take on money and finance. I hope that helps you just kind of hearing me think through how I think through money and finance, that if we can solve more interesting problems, we can get paid more and then we can go create more value for those people. And then money is, there, there's infinite amount, like the world won't run out of money. And I'm not a big like money mindset guy, but I was just, it was just really clear in that moment that I have made a ton of progress in how I perceive finances. And you never know when you interact with me, will you end up on a podcast? Now, I don't think Amanda from the DMB listens to my show. She might. If you are, hello, Amanda, I think you should work on your money mindset and stop assigning so much meaning and emotion behind an, an inanimate number on a screen that a stranger had to write a check for. But like, I bet she went home that night and told her husband, like, you'll never guess what number this guy had to pay today. Like it probably, I might be on some wall in the break room of like the most expensive numbers ever uttered at the DMV. Like, I don't know. But I hope that helps you in some way today as you go and look to create more value for people in the world, the people that you feel called to serve. And the more value you create, the more interesting the problems are that you solve, the more money you will make. Have a great week. I'll see you in the next episode.